0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. we world is trying to get it together, We're trying to help the fellow. On Blog Talk Radio, the catch comes from our uh, website, which is uh, a ca- features a catch of the day that I write. My name is John Fisher, and I write it every day, five days a week. We send it out via email, which you can sign up if you come to our website, which is simply catchjohnfisher.com. dot com. Pretty easy to remember, catchjohnfisher.com. dot com. Um, and uh that's f i s c h e r however don't forget that c in there that's a little tricky and uh that's our that's our daily blog where we've got all kinds of other things going on we uh we've got a prayer team we've got uh a a a bag lunch where we can chat we've got um uh all kinds of uh study guides and now we're just introducing our app. We're going to have an app for the first time, and uh, you can get on there, and you can not only read the catch, you can listen to it now. I do an audio version every day. So just lots of fun stuff going on. Plus, we have a lot of interaction with our people, and we have 141 countries represented um, in in our little group here, and it's pretty exciting to see uh, what what's going on. But now this, this Tuesday night is uh, – We love to have a guest, and I I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite things to do, and I'll tell you why. I've said this before on this show, but what I love to do with this Tuesday night is I'm meeting some new folks because we have uh, other people who are involved with us, and they suggest some guests, and sometimes I'm brand new with, with people, but other times it's an old friend, and many times... What I really like to do here is bring on my favorite people and share them with you. It's like that's the way I see it. It's like, you know, these are people that have meant a lot to me and that I think have been real heroes of the faith for a long time. And uh, I I get to be able to share them now uh, with you guys. And that's the way I feel about this woman we're going to talk to tonight. Her name is Char Binkley. And she has been in christian radio she's retired now, but for thirty five years she was with BCL, uh w b c l in fort wayne indiana and uh the thing about the thing about that is you think about thirty five years all the changes we've gone through what what she what she has kind of overseen in christian radio and not only in in Fort Wayne, but she's also been on the board of the national religious broadcasters. She's been on the board of the American Bible society. Uh, she's a, a, a really amazing, articulate uh, thinking person. And I, I tell you what, here's what I love about it. She, she had me on most of all of my books. Yes, I can't, I, I think, <laughs> I think just about every one of my books. Are you interviewed me, and uh, that for one tells me that you were a bit of a renegade, or else you never would have had me on your show. And <laughs> and uh, and I saw you as being right in the. I mean, we're talking, you know, the heartland of America, Christian radio. You saw the subculture. You saw the Christian coalition happen. The moral majority. You saw the right wing politic politics and. Oh my gosh! You just saw it all happen, and I know Christian radio was really in the middle of it. So uh, this is going to be fun. Uh, this is going to be fun. Welcome to to the catch, uh, Char. Oh, thank and, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you know, we probably should start right out with um, the whole Starbucks issue. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I oh, I'm just. You know, it's it's a this is the perfect kind of thing that mm-hmm. that Christians yeah. love to jump on, and we think we're getting publicity out of stuff like this, but it re- it really hurts us in the long run, don't you think? Oh, I
1: think so, and you know, like you said, I've been around a long time, and um, I've seen this over so many issues, and every one of them is just as disgusting as the one before. I remember the rainbow and. Um, how that was supposed to be the symbol for the New Agers. And I remember I had a lady on one time who was supposed to be an expert on the New Age as far as how Christians should view it. And she started out by talking about the rainbow and how it uh, we should never use it on a lunchbox or anything because the New Age had taken it over. And I remember <laughs> saying to her, you know... The rainbow belonged to my God before it ever belonged to those people, and I refused to <laughs> surrender it. And, um, and needless to say, she uh, was never invited back. Nor would she have come had I invited her back. But uh, and then I remember the I remember the uh, probably the first one I remember that I just thought was just crazy, was um, the peace sign was supposed to be an upside down broken cr- or no a broken cross, not an upside down cross. And so oh, yeah. Christians. Could not have anything to do with the peace sign, and I was kind of, like, I don't, I don't understand. You know, I don't, first of all, I didn't see the broken cross, and I, I just, I could not wrap my mind around that any more than I can a Starbucks cup. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I'm offended because they don't have green ones, but <laughs> <and> nonetheless. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, yeah, I was reading on, I yeah. was reading on uh, my Facebook tonight that somebody posted. I was outraged when I went through Starbucks today and got a plain red cup. I was outraged because the drink cost me six dollars. <laughs> <And> I, <thought, laughs> I thought it was pretty cute, cause, <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know your take on yeah. it, John, but it, it just makes yeah. us it makes us look like idiots, and uh, and it it just alienates the the whole message of Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry about yeah. that. It makes me more sad than angry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, would BCF? You were with BCL. Now, would you guys have done anything with
1: this? No, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have touched it. Um, when when I, I I was with WBCL from its very beginning back in 1976, and um, my whole goal with a radio Christian radio station was uh, to uh, cause believers to think, inspire believers mm. to think. And I often say to the audience, my goal today is in in interviewing this author is to get you to think. And I realize sometimes for believers that's an oxymoron because we really don't want to think for ourselves. We want to be fed what to believe. And that is such a sad commentary. But we would not have touched that. We... um, we never did anything political on the on the station. And even when uh, we would get maybe – we didn't carry very many, very many syndicated programs. But even when we would get one that would come out politically, we would <clears throat> do a disclaimer that that was from that program. It was not the view of the station. We just thought we had nothing. There were three things we would never discuss on the air, prophecy, politics, or creationism. And politics wow. it was very – very evident prophecy. Um, it was it, prophecy and creationism were two things that whenever when we first had ever done those uh, in the beginning on the talk show, it just ended up with believers arguing with each other or calling in angry about one view or the other, or you know whether it was seven literal mm-hmm. literal days or whatever, whatever. And so we just decided, you know, that's not what we need. That's not what we're about. So, so you didn't find we we didn't try to get into a lot of controversy. We felt that mm-hmm. we g- gave the message of Jesus Christ, and our goal was to uplift and inspire and help the believer to grow. So, no, we would not have even, we would not, I w- mm. when I was leading, I would not have even, even if the news department would have wanted to carry that story, we, which they wouldn't have because of the policies of the station, mm-hmm. and also just the whole atmosphere of the station. But we would not have touched it. It, 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 it isn't even newsworthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now, my impression, however, Char, of Christian radio, and you've, you've been in it, mm-hmm. you've been on it, you you have a good feeling for, I'm sure, around the country. Um, yes. And know yes. many of the stations and many of the other program directors and all of that. M- my, my take is that there would be a lot of Christian radio stations that would love something like this. It, am I right about that? Just because well, it creates... The Mm -hmm. buzz and it gets Mm -hmm. people calling in and and gets, uh, you know, almost like they like the angry Mm -hmm. part. Yes. Well, um, Christian radio is pretty
1: pretty much divided right down a line between what we would refer to as the commercial stations and the non-commercial stations. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying, I I don't want to imply that one is right and one is wrong, but a non-commercial station is paid for by the listeners. The listeners donate money and that's how the station pays its bills okay the, the commercial stations um, the speakers pay to be on they, they pay a, a, a nice fee to be on those uh, commercial stations okay. that's all commercial because a, com, a commercial sta- station can sell commercials but the probably the largest funding of most commercial christian stations would be from the, the syndicated pay, payments and so um wow. it from that perspective yes the more the more you can the more controversy there is, the more um uh, well, you talked about the fear and that sort of thing when you asked the when mm-hmm. you sent me the questions and mm-hmm. so so there's a difference there, so yes, you're gonna draw you know your your speakers if they're more controversial, they're gonna draw more attention from the audience members, so that's one reason why we didn't we would never have thought to go there um. Because our mm-hmm. listeners paid for what they wanted to hear, and and by and large it was what yeah. we offered them—music and program. Well, but there's a big difference there in, in who's paying for the station, who's paying the bills. But you're right, yeah. you're right. There are some, and and um, yeah, and and a lot of the FM stations, of course now m- most of them are FM. But in the very beginning, the um, FM stations were by and large music stations, and that made a big difference in the format as well, as opposed to those that were like all day long, just different preachers, one mm-hmm. after another. So, yeah, well, there, was did you, I,
0: there was a big difference. I never Go knew ahead. that, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Was BCO, w- were you a combination of speaking, and did you have music, too, mm-hmm. though? Did you have a lot of music, we or was prim- it all talk?
1: No, we, no, no, we were primarily music. And then okay. we, did, we did carry, um, in the very early, early days, um, you carried a lot of the five-minute programs that were popular and 15-minute programs that were popular. But by and large, after the first 10 years or so, those were phased out. And then we did carry, trying to think, we carried regularly the two pro, only two programs we carried that were 30-minute programs were Dobson, or uh, Focus on the Family, and uh, Chuck Swindoll. Mm-hmm. Those were the only two mm-hmm. that we carried. The rest was all music. And then by and large, that yes. after... Many years, those two were phased, and we just carried music, and and the, and the morning you, talk show where I interviewed. The people. morning that was a day. that's your show, okay. That's where the, you mm-hmm. interviewed. That yes, yes, the interview show was, okay. was the show that I started and did for the entire thirty-five cool. years I was there, and that was the goal of that program was to get Christian believers to think. Now, some days it was just sheer fun, but other day most days, I think in my thirty-five years, I interviewed over fifty-five hundred authors.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. You that know, was a delight. And, and as you say, your goal is in Christian radio was mm-hmm. to get Christians to think. Mm-hmm. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I, that sounds like an oxymoron to me. Yes. Well, it, it but, yes. I
1: mean, uh, yeah, and I would tell the audience that this is an oxymoron because, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to put everybody in the same category, but a lot, you know, a lot of believers want to be told this is how you be good. This is what you don't mm-hmm. do or you'll be bad. And that's not discipleship. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's not that's not what that's not what God intended for us. It's not and that and yeah. that and that gets into a lot of what your book said about being being a Pharisee because well, if we have uh, a list exactly. of, if we have a list of what's good and I look at you and you're not doing what is on my good list, then you're bad. And so that's where we get into I think a lot of that.
0: Why do you think that's so appealing? Why do you think we fall into that so easily, into the, the whole Pharisee trap?
1: Well, I think it, uh, as I was thinking about it today, I think it goes way back to the very beginning. Um, mm. uh, who did Adam blame? He blamed Eve. So basically, to God, he said, I'm better than her. You know, I wouldn't have thought about that if it hadn't been for her. And so then, uh, mm. and then we see... Then we see, um, uh, here's a little note I want to tell you about. This This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, (laughs) uh, Recently, the gal who is doing the mid-morning talk show, now that I've retired, she was going to do a show, uh, a program on Eve. A woman has uh, written a, a really excellent book called Reclaiming Eve. And Lynn was looking for a picture to put up on the website and She went through picture after picture after picture of Eve, and all she could find was either Eve talking to the the serpent talking to Eve, or Eve biting into an apple. And she said, "Boy, poor Eve. That's all she can get all over the website on pictures. I try to pull up are one of those too. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of humorous. But Adam blamed her, and then who did Cain? What did Cain do? Cain blamed Abel, and what did he say to God? I'm better than he is. Look what I brought you." And so I think I think it just must be inherent in the sin um, that that's just part of who we are. And then, of course, I think, um, as I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, as Christians, we easily evaluate right and wrong. We evaluate what is meaningful and what isn't meaningful, what's productive and not productive. We we and and I think I think it sometimes it's very perpetuated by Christianity itself because we can hardly have a group or a church or a denomination that doesn't decide what is right for everyone. Now, I want to quickly say, Scripture makes it very clear. Many Scripture makes it very clear, right from wrong. But we have so interpreted things and made them how we want them to be. And I was just thinking of all the things, I mean, if you If you stop and look at all the denominations and all the splits of cosmic new denominations okay what what have we had fights about? How do we baptize and so we find the scripture that says, okay, this is the way we do it, and I'm right, you're wrong, okay, so we you know how do we how do we serve the Lord's Supper, oh my. You know, do we do it every time we get together? Mm-hmm. Do we do it once a month? Do we do it once a quarter? Well, my way's right; yours isn't. Do we have? Well, of course, this mm-hmm. is not an issue. I think because about everybody has drums now, but but you know how it was before contemporary music <laughs> came. In. I mean, church is split over the drum set.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And so you know, we we uh, do we use songbooks or do we use the screen? Um, all those kind of things, and we're so good at we're we're excellent at finding a verse. To substantiate whatever it is we believe, mm-hmm. so I pick I pick my right way and I find a verse, mm. and you don't do it, so you see you're just obeying God's word because I've already found the verse for it. So I, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I, but I think by and large that's what happens. We're really good at evaluating what's good and what's bad. Um, we've just taken the scripture and, and made it say what we want. And so well, therefore I you know, I critique you. I mean, if you don't follow the way I I think you should. Yeah. My preference yeah. become my preference becomes a rule to follow. And most of what separates mm. us are our preferences. If you take a look and you list what what has caused this church to split or this group to splinter off or these people to be against those people, it's almost always our preferences. I remember when mm-hmm. contemporary music came in. Oh, yeah. oh my. That was incredible. I mean the phone mm-hmm. calls we got and um you know, one man called and said that we were sending everybody to hell because we were playing contemporary music. Mm-hmm. And he said he was mm-hmm. never gonna listen again. And so I said to him, Okay, well then okay, your preference is not you're talking about the beat. You're not talking about the words. He said, yes, I'm talking about the beat. And I said, okay, so what are you listening to then? Where do he said, "He kept saying, I've turned my station. I've turned to a different station. So I said, could I ask what you've turned to? And he said, yes, country. And I said, <laughs> so you, because you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you don't like the beat here, you've gone to hmm. the truck, the dog, the sex, the, <laughs> out the drinking, and he, and he hung up. So, <laughs>
0: I love the fact though that you so uh, it, I never heard that you know that you want to get people to think i I am just so excited mm-hmm. about that um that's why that's why i always re-
1: that's why I always read your books we told <laughs> you know we, we we had a commitment that we would not go on the air with an author unless we read their book
0: yeah oh, that's, and yeah
1: because I always told the audience i cannot I cannot help you think through this issue mm-hmm. if I haven't done it already. And so, yeah, that was that was the basic wow. thing, to get them to think. Yeah,
0: go well, ahead. You were going to tell me something well. else. Well, you you uh, you and Dick Staub are the only two interviews I ever did that the people actually read the book. Do you know mm-hmm. Dick? Have you? Ever, I, I bet. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you were, yeah. I
1: don't know him personally, but I know who he is. I know yeah, authors told yeah. us that all the time. I can't believe you read my book. Yeah, but you know, exactly. how can you get people to think yeah. think the concept through if you haven't if you can't guide them through it? So. Sure.
0: Yeah. Did you ever have Did you ever have any uh, uh, non Christians on on yes. your interview? Did you do any books? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, No, and, and
1: I don't think I don't think I did um, authors by and Authors,
0: okay. But, but
1: but when we did panels, we had uh, and we would off. You know, we would have like if I were going to do physicians, I wanted I. I did not go for the physicians because they were Christian physicians. I was glad to have them on, but I was mm-hmm. concerned about the excellence of the physician. And so if he if he were if he or she were Christian, that was just a plus, but I didn't line up my I didn't line them up that way. Now I now if I knew things about them that were Immoral or whatever, then I did not have them on. You know, if it was a not, if mm. if I didn't know if they were a Christian, but I knew they were in, they were doing something immoral, then I didn't have them on. But mm. I didn't. I wanted experts, and so if they were mm-hmm. an expert and they were a believer, that was terrific. But if you mm. you know you want to put a panel together on on whatever topic, um, you you know I needed to be rather broad in the Great. stuff that I brought on. Yeah. yeah.
0: What what what's been the uh hardest thing about being in in uh, christian radio in well you what know, cool, would you say
1: I was in my early thirties when I went in, so the most difficult thing when I went in um I was very naive and i i I was raised i think pretty sheltered and so um I, although I had never been a person who was starstruck, I never, never, I don't know why, but I never was that way. So, so it wasn't like I was always enamored with my guests. But, um, but my bubble was really burst in the very beginning when it, when I realized that just because they were a believer and they had a big name, did not mean they were going to live what they were preaching, and that was pretty devastating. That was really quite devastating to me. When I first discovered it, and it was early on, I mean it was very early on um, I grew up with a, a number of assumptions about Christian leaders that I would always be able to trust them um that serving the Lord was their primary goal uh, but when things started happening, and you know marriages started falling apart, and um i I was really quite shaken by that and and I was shaken by the fact that when when they ch- when they chose not to live by God's word, they could blow it off easily, or it seemed like it was easy. I'll never forget mm. one one uh, musician um, had an incredible testimony. He'd been in a terrible, terrible accident, and he um, had an ac- a, a, a testimony about how God restored him, even though he should have been dead and but then one day, um, we got the information at the station that um, he had left his wife and had run off with one of his—I believe it was a secretary—and I mm-hmm. and I—I and I was just, you know, I mean, that was just—it just tore me apart. How could he have been on just shortly before mm-hmm. that and just exclaimed, and then here he did this, and then. So we we did pull his music. We did do that when we knew that somebody had had a moral failure and they were not repentant uh, or had not sought repentance. We we did pull their music. We pulled his music, and somehow he found out about it. And he had his agent call us, and I thought we got the most – they said, why did you pull his music? And I explained why. And he said, well, we don't think you should have done that because his wife is still working in the office with him and his new wife. So we don't think you should. I said, okay. <laughs> thank thank you for the justification, but it won't get your music back. <laughs> so yeah, so those kind those kind of things. And of course I was okay. in broadcasting I was in N R B when we went through the power and prestige struggle of PTL yeah. Club and all of that and so yeah. So so you, you you grow up pretty fast. I mean you you know, you open your eyes, you see things and and you open your eyes and then you get beyond the devastation and you realize that sometimes your expectations yeah. for people are just way too high so
0: and then you saw you probably in there saw a lot of just power struggles that maybe mm-hmm. didn't have a whole lot to do with the kingdom of god probably just like mm-hmm. any other any other place is, is that was that right Did you see that yeah, kind of thing yeah power
1: going on? Power and prestige um, mm-hmm. were very prevalent, especially when I was, you know, as I got more into, when mm-hmm. I got more into the the larger structure, um, didn't have, wasn't, you know, wasn't where, where I, we, I loved being the leader of WCL and helping people to see that. I mean, I would say all the time. Those of you who are at your desks all day long, receding people and so forth, you are every bit as important as those of us who are on the air. If it weren't, we couldn't do our job if it weren't for you. And I, I, mm-hmm. I so believe that. One day there were there were some guests in the building, and I don't know, somehow the, the women's restroom stool had gotten plugged up, and whoever had le- just left it that way, and I thought, well, that can't be. So I went and got the plunger. I was walking down the hallway with a plunger, and someone said to me, what are you doing with that? Aren't you the leader here? <laughs> and I said, you know what? If the leader can't plunge the plugged-up stool, then the leader doesn't deserve to be the leader. <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt. So the power and prestige that I saw on Christian radio was was a little staggering. I mean, it was, um, uh, yeah, I I. I began to see that if it was if if I was going to be able to live in it, I really had to take a look at obedience to God rather than popularity, and that mm. you know that that calls for that really calls for some big life decisions. I I um I turned down a job with one of the largest um, Christian broadcasters uh, that we know, and uh, because I I and i'll never forget my husband saying to me he said if that's where you want to go you know we'll go but he he said um, but don't don't forget you are a hands-on ministry with
0: with people mm-hmm. and
1: and that's where your heart is and so you you know you need to follow that as a and and so i turned that down um i, I just yeah i just wanted to serve the lord um I I've always said I never want to be an obituary writer, and I don't know what you, if you know what I mean by that. But sometimes when you when you look open the newspaper and you see somebody who's the whole page is their obituary. I mean, not the whole page, the whole column from top to bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you you know, and and I'm probably being judgmental on this, but you look at it and you see all these things they, all these boards they were on, and all these things they mm-hmm. said they did and you're like oh my goodness you know um were they really successful at all that can one person really do all that so i always my my goal was in christian radio to be obedient to what god wanted and not to mm. seek um on the river forget. Mm-hmm. um i turned down mother of yeah. the year award because i thought I don't ever want anybody to think that a woman has to be well-known for being in radio to be mother of the year when there's somebody at home doing the laundry for six kids and not getting any recognition. So, yeah, so you just have to be so careful. I think I think for any leader, power and prestige is probably the thing that they wrestle with continually. Mm. And you, at some point you have to come in your life and you have to say, I am about this, I'm not about that, and then base every decision on that. And yeah, so your name doesn't get quite in big, as big a light, but that's not what it's
0: about. Well, you pretty much answered one of my questions, which was how do you maintain your spiritual sanity in the in the midst mm. of all this? Uh, I um, but I i just as we're talking, I'm thinking of another thing that I think you must have fought with, and I I know I fought, I don't fight with it that much anymore because I'm just not around the mm-hmm. whole Nashville scene, you know, or the yes
1: yes yeah,
0: you know, but. But I, I, you know, it's hard not to fight a kind of cynicism, don't you think? When, when, especially when you see a lot of hypocrisy and two-facedness mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah. How oh, do you, yeah. How do, you, how do you? How do you handle that?
1: Well, um, I don't know. Sometimes you just kind of have to laugh at it. But I think, um, I, well, I think by nature, I, I trying, you really made me think a lot when you sent me the questions because. I think I think leaders. I, I don't want to say leaders have to have a critical spirit, but leaders are always evaluating. And okay. one of the thoughts that came to my mind today that I have no answer for is where is the line between creative evaluation and criticism? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you know yourself, and every you know you you look you're you're critical about your book. You know, you're writing your book, and, and you're and 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 then and, and so then you look at somebody else's book, and you think, hmm, well, I don't think they did quite a good job, a job, and so you, you you're, you're always evaluating, and I was too. I was always evaluating all the mm-hmm. things that we did. Is this good? Is this? And then and so then it it just car- it it carries over. I think a lot. Uh, into life. But being cynical, I don't know, I guess at the station sometimes we were cynical and we got a lot of laugh- I mean, we laughed with each other about that, uh, mm-hmm. Kind of carried mm-hmm. each other's burdens that way. But, um, you know, I don't know that I know the answer to that question because I think sometimes I probably was. Um, mm-hmm. My cynicism probably became, I probably was a Pharisee in that um because i did i did judge and i really have to be careful now uh about not looking at something and saying you know okay well uh, i mean a church on sunday morning you know you things aren't just exactly like you would prefer it and so one of the things i our pastor said some time ago which really has struck me and that is this i he, he said when you look at another when you look at another he was speaking basically of a believer when you look at them and you're critical, remember, you don't know where they are on their journey. You have mm-hmm. no idea where they are on their journey. And I've had to look at that not only with believers, but also with those who make no profession. Not mm-hmm. to cross them off my list, because God is God could be very, very much be working on them, and they could be responding, but it's not visual yet. And so I have to be be very careful about that. Um, That I that I cut people some slack. I think uh, you say it. uh, I had the page mark now. I don't somewhere in your book, which really um, I can't find it right now. But anyway, yes, speaking to that whole issue, Uh Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went round and round in a circle there. Well,
0: well, no, I I appreciate your honesty about it because it's it's hard and and uh, you know there's I I think probably one of my most cynical experiences was being, in. I don't think they call it that now anymore, but it used to be the uh, the, the Christian booksellers thing, you oh. know, association. Oh. the big con- convention, you know, and oh, yeah. four football fields of Christian stuff all laid out, you know, for mm-hmm. you. And and walking around and the hucksters mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, my mm-hmm. God, you know. Do you know, the- you just, you, you'd go to bed at night and you'd feel kind of mm-hmm. dirty, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. The first
1: the first time that I it was the only time I ever went to that one. And really it was in I only went once and I don't I think it was in California. I'm not I can't remember where it was, but anyway, I remember that I walked in somehow on the second floor and I looked out over it and I started to cry. Mm. And I and I said, Jesus, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I am really sorry. Mm. And they, oh, you talk about cynicism. Then I went, then I went down on the floor mm-hmm. and found the most ridiculous things I could buy and bring back to share with the audience. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I and I did. I did. I brought it well, back and yeah. I and I, you know, the the Christian tea bags, all the Christian yeah. golf balls. <laughs> I yeah. brought those all back and I just said, "Folks, I just want to share these with you and this is not what it's about." Yeah and, um and anyway yeah I'll never forget that but yeah it was easy to be real it was easy to be real cynical um about those kind of things and you just you just had to just had to take a look and say god you know please let me stay close to you so i'm not pulled away by all this
0: mm-hmm. but it's hard yeah. it's
1: hard to keep i think it's really hard to keep your equilibrium and i think it's probably even harder now i think i think it's probably even more difficult because I had the good fortune of being in Christian radio when it was really pretty new. I mean, it was really, back in mm-hmm. 1976, we were the only Christian station in town. So it was pretty new. But now I mm-hmm. think with all of the, um, oh, just all the competition, uh, I mm-hmm. think it's, prob- it's probably getting a whole lot harder not to compare and not to try to do one up and, mm-hmm. yeah, that sort of thing. And you asked yeah. um, what was good and what was bad about Christian radio, and, and I mm-hmm. thought the the good was the number of people who really grew in their faith. Um, cool. I mean, when you heard that we heard the testimonies of people who grew in their faith, it, it was amazing and it was incredible. The constant reminder of God in their lives as they had it on on a daily basis, and then the mm-hmm. music that was flowing in their minds uh, was a much better choice than they would find on other stations. Those were a lot of the good things I found. The bad things? Reliance on radio for all their spiritual growth, and I would often say to <laughs> I would say to my audience, okay, um, if we never did another book, if I never talked to another author, if you never heard another song, could could you not just put into practice what you've heard so far, and just you and God mm-hmm. work on that? Do you really need something new? And um, I I just I. I often feel that way we just go to conference after conference we go to seminar after seminar listen to christian radio 24 7 um but are we really growing are we really are we really involved in discipleship or is it such a clutter uh being fed to us 24 7 and i don't know i mean it's it's when you ask me that question what's good and what's bad it's um, mm-hmm. I I think I think I think it's both, and I think it's what people do with it. And yeah, um, one of my college professors uh, when I was in my bachelor's program, he said, "Never get your theology from Christian music." <laughs> and <laughs> that, <laughs> and you know, that's got to be pretty true. And I think one of the the saddest things about Christian radio are some of the the some of the music, mm-hmm. which is. If it's not theologically wrong, it's certainly theologically weak, and um,
0: yeah,
1: so so that would be one of the things that I would think is if people are getting a lot of their theology from from that, um, some of it is pretty weak. So, and the, the and of course yeah. now we're in the now we're in the era of crossover songs where we uh, probably the first ten years and fifteen maybe years in radio we weren't in crossover songs where. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a song that's so weak and Christ- so weak Christian. It's so weak with a Christian theme that they could play it on a secular station and not know mm-hmm. it's and so yeah, I have a real problem with that. We tried to weed out most of those songs, but yeah, it's always a struggle. So, anyway. Yeah. Um
0: you know we're we're talking about Pharisees this week yeah. and uh, and last week and we've got one more week to go and we're on our steps for trying to Pharisees and the one we're spending yeah. time on uh, these last two days is is uh, learning how to consider other people as better than ourselves uh, taken from uh, a verse in Philippians when Paul says that that we look after each other's interests more than, uh, well, he didn't say to not look after your own, but he says mm-hmm. not only your own interests, but look at, after the interests of, of others as well. Mm-hmm. And then he, he does say make an effort, you know, to to consider others as better mm-hmm. than yourself. Um, yes. In an environment where you're trying to... Be better than everybody else. <laughs> how yeah. do you? How do you do that? How do you consider it, other people better? Can you?
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta, boy, I'll tell you that's that's really a tough one when you're. I mean, any I think anybody mm-hmm. who's a leader of any kind of an organization, whether you're an author, you're a singer, um, you're running a Christian radio station, that's really that's really rough because especially especially if you mm-hmm. have access to the arbitrons and all of the Testing that goes on to show where you rank in a market, and yeah, and and you're, and I can say we were guilty of that. You know, we were number one for so long because we were the only game in town, and then some competition came in, and so you look at those numbers mm-hmm. and you see, okay, how far ahead are we running? You know, we've got to be sure we stay ahead, and and that is mm-hmm. that is so not that is so not about what Jesus Christ is about, and mm-hmm. so yeah, and it's it's it's. It's a constant it, – it's – I think of it like this. It's like you've seen somebody walk on a tightrope, and they start to slide on one side, and they pull themselves back. We saw one of the – I forget what the name of the big circus family is. Uh, Luanda, Luanda. Well, then, yeah. We were in ooh. Niagara Falls, and we didn't see him walk across the falls, but we saw him walk two city blocks away uh, up on two city blocks above – and, you know, that big stick he carried, and it just constantly helped him maintain his balance. And that's how I see the Christian life. I mean, it's just because we are such, we are so human, and yet we're so, we're striving to be so holy. And so it's that constant coming back and bringing ourselves back to the balance. And, in the, I mean, I'm amazed at Paul. He said in Ephesians 3.8, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, well, Paul, you probably need to say that. You were a pretty bad guy." <laughs> and then I realized, "Oh, <laughs> ha, he's talking about me too." <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, and who do we look at? I mean, that is such a powerful verse. Who do I? Who have I looked at in the last week and thought, "Man, I am so I am so much less than them." Boy, it sure took a lot of God's grace to mm-hmm. um, give me what He's given me, and it's a it's a it's just an excellent verse. I think um, what I'm really trying to do is to, when I look at a person, and immediately I think, you know, I start to think something negative. I want to start to think on the things that are good about that person, the things that are right about that person. That where is that person on their journey because they prob- they may not be living up to what I think they should be living up to. But then, who am I to say what they should be living up to? Now, I'm going to confess to you that <laughs> I don't always do that. Right now, in yeah. my own life, I'm very much aware of being a spiritual brat. I am. A, I uh, there is a person in my life right now, and and I've even said to God, God, I uh, God. You know, I am really sorry, but I have chosen to be a spiritual brat. I know how I should be treating that person, but I know that when I see her, when I see her at church, Mm -hmm. I go the opposite way. Because she's two-faced. She makes promises she doesn't keep. She's a control freak but never follows through. So, you know, God, right now I don't like her. And 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 I really think you ought to do something about her because she's a leader and she doesn't deserve you know, you go you go down that I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who says that, Mm -hmm. but you go down that line, she shouldn't be a leader. Why is she acting like this? She should know better. And so being a real spiritual brat right now because when I see her I should be putting into practice the verses that I know. And so I think (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I have to have a lot of grace on that one. And I'm working on it. But I must admit to you, I haven't gotten very far. I am harder on believers than I am on pagans or non-believers. I don't yeah. know what the current term is now. Non-believers. Yeah. Because I expect a non-believer to act like a non-believer. But I don't expect a believer to act like a non-believer. And yeah. so that's yeah. where I get judgmental. That's where I become
0: a Pharisee. Yeah. They really... Yeah. I mean. Sure, mm-hmm. maybe you'll help you. I may be able to help you with that lady. Um, because it was that. very interesting the mm-hmm. the three things you mentioned about her mm-hmm. are are three are three things that are also I have found are true about me. And uh because I've been learning that I I have a, a very strong tendency to be a passive aggressive kind of person. If you know anything okay. about psychology, you know Oh yes. Uh, mm-hmm. you might know what I mean about that. I do and and that's that's someone who who uh harbors mm-hmm. a lot of uh hostility mm-hmm. a, a, down under the surface and then it it it's it's comes out in um in all these improper ways, you know, like yeah. like uh being two faced, saying you're gonna do something and never do it. Um mm-hmm. th- these are all qualities of, of a passive aggressive signs of it. And uh-huh. yeah. um, I, I'm bringing that up because uh, a yeah. person, you know, a person like that is—that's a lifetime of, of of becoming that person. It's it's being afraid mm-hmm. of confrontation, so they they're afraid to be in an argument. They can't enter into an argument and really hold their ground, and so mm-hmm. they avoid it at all costs. But mm-hmm. when they avoid it, it drives it down deeper inside. And it never mm-hmm. gets out, and then it gets out in bad ways and and mm-hmm. i'm I'm not saying that to excuse her, but I'm saying, oh that I get. there are reasons there are reasons why we do these things, and we need help you know i and she she needs some help and and mm-hmm. probably in her heart, she wants to do the right thing, but she's got mm-hmm. a long list of stuff that's that's been the way she's dealt with and coped with her life up until now. And so I think you know the the more not that we say everybody's a victim of something, but everybody is you you know struggling yeah. through through mm-hmm. their own dysfunction you know their own mm-hmm. issues and um and so I think that's where we need to maybe cut people some slack and realize that you know they 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 have a different way of dealing with things and mm-hmm. and maybe they need to they need to you know they need to get some help <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i and i and i have no idea i have no idea where she is on the journey so for right. me to have expectations exactly. that she should be further you know mm-hmm. is not my mm-hmm. it's not really my thing to be yeah i'm aware of that i'm being a yeah. spiritual brat
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate your honesty i <laughs> I, I do and but i i you know i think we all You know, we all have somebody like Mm -hmm. that in our life. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody listening has someone. And I think, you know, uh, maybe what we need to do is, I I think for me, all the time I spent on Pharisees, the the key always, the key to getting out of it always seemed to be uh, a realistic facing and embracing of my own sin. That Mm -hmm. seems to be the big key. If Mm -hmm. I can do that, you know, then suddenly I become the sinner uh, down on Mm -hmm. with their face to the ground. Lord, have mercy on me. And I'm not, I I cease to be that guy who's saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that person over there. Mm -hmm. But I become that person. If I am that person, then suddenly I'm free. And I'm I I am free to then receive God's grace and uh, uh, and actually the the next step is 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 what happens. The next step is astonishment. We walk around in total astonishment that we got the grace of God after we know what real jerks we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which is what Paul was speaking to there in Ephesians three eight. So in other words, what you're saying to condense it into condense everything we're saying into a few words is. We ca- we we need to be carrying a mirror instead of a magnifying mm. glass. Oh,
0: actually. Because if I
1: if I carry the mirror, I'm seeing myself mm-hmm. and my own inconsistencies, my own Pharisee attitude. But if I'm carrying a magnifying glass, I'm looking at what you're doing wrong.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, this is a that's a that's a great place to stop because we're over time but uh just has been so much fun. Well, and, thank uh, you. It's been a delight. I I and I need to ask you, will you be on again? Okay. And I wanna talk about that other thing I found out about you and that is that you started a work oh yes. Uh mm-hmm. that online is helping provide uh, an interactive uh, aid to troubled teens. Yes,
1: right? yes. And I believe, I, I was just listening in a while ago, and I believe they had their largest audience today of 1,600 teens during the day coming to the site. And um wow. and then, and it, yes, and one an hour calls in because they are contemplating suicide. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's an incredible ministry. So, sure, I'll join you again. I It's been a delight to talk I with you. What a great really, way to connect.
0: Okay? I really want to talk about that. Thank All you right. so much, and uh, Lord bless you, Shar.
1: And you Thank too, my you. brother. <laughs>
0: bye-bye. Yep. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Well, how was that? That was cool. And that was Shar Brinkley, in case you didn't get her name earlier and she for 35 years worked in radio WBCL Fort Wayne Indiana and for 21 years she was the executive director of the WBCL network and uh, great lady and uh, I love that idea that uh, she used her She had a show every morning, and she went through 5,500 books and authors, she said, in 35 years. And her whole purpose was to get Christians to think. Well, I wish every Christian radio station was like that. Well, this is John Fisher. It's The Catch. We've had a great time tonight. Uh, more incredible guests coming. We're going to still be talking about Pharisees. we got one more week on it. And uh, Thanksgiving coming up. So we'll keep you posted. Keep on reading the catch. Keep coming to our website. We'll let you know about uh, next week's guest real soon. It's just great to have you listening. And uh, I pray that... uh God bless you Big Thank you so much You're listening to The Catch With John Fisher On Blog Talk Radio Connecting life to faith The world is trying to get it together We're Trying to help their fellow man We're Hoping we can make